This is Lauren. This is Trey. And this is the Partnership Podcast. On this week's episode, we discuss the stigma that still is pretty prevalent with uh, men, generally straight dudes, uh, going out and getting professional therapy. Enjoy. (laughs) Good morning, baby. Good morning, honey. How's your coffee? Coffee's pretty good. Coffee's for closers, honey. Hmm? It's from a movie. It's a non-Broadway movie. Oh, well, then I wouldn't know it. Mm-hmm. That's yeah. um, y'all, we saw a performance, a kid's performance of Annie on Saturday, which I was trying to explain to Trey was I've been in musical theater my whole life, and I was six years old when I first did Annie, and then played Molly, and... It shaped so much of me, and it's really fascinating now as an adult who teaches about core erotic themes that rise from the movies, the cornerstones that we all watched, that we all talked about on our last episode. Yeah. So anyway, we came home, and Annie, the movie, the, like, OG um, with Carol Burnett and Bernadette Peters and Albert Finney and Tim Curry, I mean, it's like a star-studded cast is on Netflix right now. And so I was showing Trey some of my favorite bits. It's good. We watched like 20 minutes. It's good. It's good. And very sexually charged. So Mm -hmm. just kind of hilarious. Miss Hannigan is my favorite character. And um, she's like the villain. And she like basically runs around in these like on lingerie rompers the entire time. And it just, yeah, I literally have pajamas almost identical that I got subconsciously. Mm -hmm. Just, just funny. And yeah, then I did a Reiki session. So that was Saturday when we saw the little show. And then Sunday, my Reiki person shout out was telling me that, yeah, I really need to be letting my little inner child play. I was like, funny you should say that. Love it. Yeah. What else are you going to do? Like what else is on the docket for letting your inner Mm -hmm. child hang out? You know, coloring always comes to my mind. That's always like super fun for me. Coloring, and it's funny because I had even no, I did that at her prompting um, that night before I submitted some proposals to some conferences that I want to speak at. I drew out me standing on the stages of these conferences speaking or in the rooms where I'd be speaking because I thought little Lauren wanted the things that I'm doing right now. Like I, I am living my dream. And she also really loved imagining how it would come true. Mm. So I just kind of let her play and dream first before doing the like grunt work of writing the learning objectives and the, yeah, so that, that felt fun to draw it. Nice. I'm not a very good artist, which is interesting that people say that, right? Because we start becoming critical of our art at a young age. Um, but it felt fun to do. It really did. So drawing, playing, um... Yeah. Then I went out with friends last night and the movie Annie was on at the restaurant where we went to, too, like on the bar, playing above the bar. So you know who you know who I think put that on (laughs) your mom, mom, mom. I don't think we ever told the audience that story, but honey, can we talk about uh, male stigma? So straight dudes. And their some of their hesitation to get therapy mm. still in twenty twenty four. And like, I'll throw them under the bus too. I was thinking about that where it's like, 
It's like, whoa, hey, my wife can't throw us under the bus. And it's like, but you can throw all of them under the bus over and over again. So I can shit on men on this. And that will be tight. Perfect. Yeah, I can totally give the empathetic, trauma-informed answer, too. And then, yeah, we can launch in. Because I, it breaks my heart. It breaks my heart, seriously. Yeah, where do you want to start? Set us up, my lover. Is it from Is it from the generations that raised them? Hmm. I always say it like two generations ago we were fighting Hitler. Yeah. Right? Like is it from that generation? Mhm. I think, you know, we'll we'll talk about the analogies that we all make as a culture so often and so many of them are war analogies, right? Well, he's gone off to battle or he's raging in battle. And so many of these come from, they were the analogies that worked truly, right? Everybody had a connection to these things. But so many, I believe, people raised male, like gendered male, grew up in a traditional American household. Yeah, you're exactly right. We're we're just fighting battles. And there's this assumption, though it's wrong, that there's no place for like emotion and feelings and stuff on on the battlefield. And so it has no place here. And, you know, I've, I've read a few Jungian things about ritual and rites of passage as we grow up. And I will say that one of my favorite quotes is that this type of toxicity that we're talking about, this type of masculinity, that's like, no, we don't get, you know, real men don't shed their feelings. Real men don't cry. That's even like a saying, right? Why is it toxic, though? Um, well, they go on to say that. Why isn't that, that just, this, couldn't it just be like a protection thing? Well, that this form of masculinity mm. is because young boys were never given rites of passage rituals to become men right they were never they were never like ceremoniously guided from boy to man instructed on how to move from boy with raging hormones and right like ah (laughs) into soft gentle man who yes could defend if that's his call but also can hold and cuddle and commune and interact and that right it's just, it's it's sad. It's really sad. And that we don't have a bunch of men walking around. This is where I was getting to. We have a bunch of little boys in men's bodies. And I, for me, that helps me have empathy, right? Because the resistance to a loving person, a loving coach, a loving therapist, a lo- entering into your life to help you heal through whatever is not something that like... In my logical mind, I can understand the resistance to. But when I look at a little boy, no, right? Like, no, I won't do that. Like, I okay. can do this myself. Is very much a developmentally normal thing for a little child. Yeah, it sounds ridiculous when you say it, but like, I, I think that's what most men say when it comes to, let's just keep it right in the realm of therapy or like bringing right. on someone else to like help, you know, yeah. talk about their issues. Yeah. Right? Is no, I I can do it myself. Yeah, I can do it myself. Yeah, sure. And Mm -hmm. a real man, I think, you know, what Betty Dodson says that women are conditioned to fear sex, men are conditioned to fear failing sex. I think that you could extend that into so many things that men are conditioned to fear failing their partner, failing their jobs, failing their boss, failing their coworkers. And so 
I think somewhere in the back of our heads, bringing in outside support is failure. I couldn't do it myself. Okay. This. So it correlates with I have fucked up beyond saving because I have to bring in somebody else when it comes to what's in between your ears. Which 100% goes back to what you said in the beginning, which is how we were raised. Most people who were raised in a home where therapy was normalized, they don't think twice of it. Solution. What about a reframe? Mm -hmm. Yeah, what comes to your mind? I mean, there's so many that come to my mind. Coaching. Yeah, huh? Mentorship. Where if we take out like therapy and we put in coaching and mentorship, like who doesn't have a fucking, like if you really want to get good at something or if you really want to solve something, I mean, you're going to get on fucking YouTube, Mm -hmm. you're going to listen to an Audible book, you're going to ask somebody that knows more than you. Those are all forms of coaching and mentorship. 100%. And the wise do that. Right? I, I love that because that's drawing a correlation to wisdom. To presume that we would know all about something new that we want to learn about is ridiculousness. It's ridiculousness. I think in the realm of mental health, emotional intelligence, um, empathy, emotion, I, I think, again, my little boys who never became men, I think that would, there has been some lie that has been fed to young men that there's not this whole plethora of goodness still to learn hmm. about emotional intelligence. I think you're exactly right with, you know, think of, I don't know, Formula One racing or football or anything that people like fall into a hole of learning about, which is just beautiful. You know me, like I love to celebrate someone's thing they're obsessed with. Cool. Got it. Okay. My fantasy football. I love. Somebody else's great. Right. Like Everybody, I hope, has a thing. I hope has a thing. And this is a great correlation. I think that we all know with our thing that there is always more to learn. Like, we can't wait. You can't wait for the new, uh, the off-season of football so you can start learning about the new, whatever they're called. (laughs) Recruits is not the right word. The recruits are fine. That's good. Okay. Because it's a whole new batch of players you really get to learn about. Mm -hmm. Like, you study these people, because it brings you joy, I think. But I think also there's this understanding of I need to learn in order to choose the right players for my team. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, to, uh, to simplify like it. Odds. No, no, it's, it's, <laughs> okay. no, it's a great analogy or it's just kind of the increase the probability of picking successful people. Um, or, or it's like if you're, if you're into country music and yeah. you really like to study the history of country music over the generations, you can, you can tell or speak in a nuanced way of like how it's changed. And who's really affected it and how, you know, five people are really, like, influenced by this person. I have the perfect analogy. You and I have just decided to pick up a new childlike game. Fuck. (laughs) Isn't this perfect? Mm -hmm. Okay. Trey and I, my kiddo, brought down from her dad's house the other day Mario Kart 8. Mm Mm-hmm. And Trey and I played with her once. We thought this would be like a fun family activity for a casual I didn't want to play at first. I was like, Uh no. Mm -mm." Halfway through the 10th race, Trey and I are smiling so hard. And everyone's just saying, this is so fun. 
I'm like giddy because there's not a lot of things that I love to work. So there's not a lot of just like play things. I love puzzles. I love hanging out with you guys. I love like doing. There's not a lot of sedentary things I love to do. So it was the best. So Trey comes home like two days later when the baby's gone and we now have our own console. Mm -hmm. So Trey and I are also late 30s, about to be 40. We have a lot of catching up to do. We have to fucking Google, like, how do we turn it on and off? And, like, how do we pair the remotes? And there's a lot of Googling. And so, yes, there's a lot of kind of, like, rolling our eyes at ourselves for not knowing this. And at the same time, we're learning so much. We are looking for the answers. We are digging. We are watching YouTube videos. Mm -hmm. We are going to people who have studied this before us. And we're getting better. Shout out, baby Luigi. So you said something very interesting where um, uh, men walking around in children's bodies. Vice versa. Little boys walking around in men's bodies. How do you identify it? What What are the telltale signs? Resistance to help. Because I want everyone to think of the child they know. Also, I can do it on my own. Where are the fuck ups? How are these men fucking up? A, by not extending grace and compassion to themselves because they didn't learn these tools, okay? I want any man listening to this to understand this. This is not your fucking fault. If we had a society that ra- that really supported the emotional intelligence of little boys as much as they like mollycoddle little girls – you would have been encouraged to harness these tools much earlier on. So I would start with self-compassion and be like, okay, I never got this training. You're learning golf. Literally, Trey told me the other day, he is trying to love on his inner child at certain ages who would have been given the access to play golf earlier in your life. You didn't. We could start by just being angry at your dad, I guess. But like instead, how about just compassion for self and being like, I didn't get this training early on. I didn't get exposure to it. Okay, fine. Then a little bit of grace because it's going to feel awkward to do something new. To Google therapists in my area to ask a friend, hey, are you seeing anyone? I really think it would be good for myself in order to better my relationships. I really want to spend 2024 bettering self. That's going to feel fucking awkward because it's a skill we have not practiced, just like Mario Kart. I'm serious. We're not good. I'm not good. You're picking it up much faster than I am. I could shit on myself, but I also haven't spent the past 10 years playing Mario Kart. How about I just start with some kindness? So the things that I see, the telltale signs I see are a lack of understanding at all. Like they think, no, I don't need this. And I'm just going to, I'm fine. Like I can do it by myself. Right. Uh, And listen, maybe you did get through a lot of your life. Fine. But this is what happens. You get into relationship and oh, life levels up a little bit. Okay. Your kid gets injured. Right. Your best friend's in a car accident. Right? We live in a life that throws some new things at us. You get fired from a job. You get let go. It's okay to say, wow, I don't need to do this by myself. Okay, so I see that I can do this by myself. Then I see a lack of compassion and empathy on self. Then I see a lack of curiosity. And then, yeah, if you can push through those things, which are all childish tendencies, not childlike, childish. It's, it's not your fault. You should have been given more tools. You should have been shown the way. But guess what? Sadly, we all have our own traumas and we have to to heal them. 
Okay, so reflecting within and then the thought of going out there and actually starting something like this, if that thought is very scary, that means you're on to something. What's the next step? You know, if you want to kind of get out of this spiral mm, or level up, yeah. as you said. Start, start with a podcast or a book. Get some people in your corner, right? None of us does beautiful work alone. So start with free resources. Find a good podcast on, you know, I, I love the holistic psychologist. She's written the How to Be the Love You Seek book. Mm-hmm. Um, she's got a great free podcast, great YouTube stuff, okay? Um, I'm listening to the book Hidden Potential by Adam Grant right now, all about kind of starting new things later in life, like unlocking hidden potential in self. Start getting people in your corner that champion the asking for help, champion Therapy, because chances are, if this is in your head, right, if you're listening to an audiobook or you're like watching a YouTube channel where these people are sharing about the wonderful success they had in therapy, right, getting healing, healing their wounds, you're going to be more likely to want to do that thing. When you only have a negative connotation, a negative connection to a thing, yeah, you're not really going to move into oh, the next yeah. step. So change your environment. Yes. And that'll help you change your mindset to doing it yes and then in my mind i imagine like a partner asking someone else to do it so maybe change the why where it's like i'm doing it for someone else Uh, flip that where it's like i'm doing this for myself yeah a lot of times uh, i i'd say men do it for their ladies Mm. or do it because they've been presented an ultimatum or they're doing it Mm -hmm. out of resentment or spite i think the mindset really has to be flipped for long-term sustainable success yeah think about i'll just y'all the days trey has coaching of any kind i don't know if you even know this Mm. um therapy a golf lesson massage so like the days where he allows outside insight into his soul i am the most turned on he feels more open to me, to the world. He, his brain is expanding. I literally can see new neural pathways like forming in his mind, which shows to me that he's a curious human, which means he'll might be curious about me too. Because if he's growing and expanding, then that means I'm possibly growing and expanding and he might want to know more about me too. I am the most turned on to my husband when he is allowing outside insight into his life. Yeah, or I'm just like a happier person. 100%. I need to share my why when I jump, why I jumped into therapy. Uh-huh. One of my whys is I was fucking up where I was I was being kind of a nasty bastard and it was affecting my relationship. Mm-hmm. And you didn't force me to, but you encouraged me to. And then I actually did it. But I, yes, there was part yeah. of me that did it for you, sure. but... More so, I did it because I don't want to repeat the patterns that I I have been repeating because I was starting to see like, oh, I could really fuck my relationship up with my sweet babe. And I I mean, I don't want that. Mm -hmm. I genuinely do not want uh, a divorce. Or I don't want to be in a place of like, I hope today's a good day. 
I've been thinking about that lately. Where I think some people, if they don't talk about their shit, if they don't bring it out to the light, they're just hoping for like a good day or a good week. And then it's almost like eggshells and it's like, what's going to crack next? Yeah, I don't want that. I want to. I want the space to be pissy. Mm-hmm. And then I want to be like, oh, babe, it wasn't you. Or I want to be like, oh, honey, this was yeah. an ouch. Yeah. This is the first time you're hearing this. We do nightly check-ins. Mm-hmm. Were there any ouch moments? Mm-hmm. The reason we do that every single fucking night is because I have a tendency to bottle where I will collect ouch moments. Mm-hmm. And then I will save them up and that bottle will <laughs> fucking explode. So I don't want to be that. I don't want to hold things against you or collect little like, oh, she didn't take out the trash and she said she was going to. Because it's always like little stuff with me. Yeah, you're not getting drunk and falling down the steps. Now I'm thinking about Carol Burnett and Annie. So I would fuck Carol Burnett and Annie. Well, that's good Holy because you shit. basically married her. I mean, no, I didn't. You're not a. You're not. You're not wielding a bottle of vodka, yelling no, at children. No, but honey. like that whole, I just think it shaped so very, much. She's very sensual. The character sensual, sensual and funny. Minus at all the of the same abuse time. and alcoholism. It's very sensual. Yeah, yeah, that character and yeah, no, not good. Whole movie, very interesting. But we sidetrack. Two things that I wanted to point out. Like this, this like doing it for, correct me if I'm wrong, but I think this is my second time in a marriage and something I didn't do the first time was draw a hard and fast boundary and say, this is not okay. I'm not interested in being a partnership like this. If you, if you want to do this for the rest of your life, God bless you. Have a good life. I'm, I'm going away. I didn't do that for a decade. And I think it would have saved my precious ex-husband years of pain. Mm. Okay. And I had to learn the hard way. And that is my lesson to learn. But something we came into this partnership with was we're not going to do that. We're not going to, if we see unhealthy things that feel harmful towards us, we're going to state it really clearly and lovingly. And we're going to say, no, nope. <laughs> right? So there's a whole podcast on, is this the beginning of the end? Yeah. Because we sat on the couch downstairs and I said, I love you, right? But this type of eggshells and the, the patterns that you, you were noticing too, I can't do this. And if no pressure at all, but I'm I'm not doing this, mm-hmm. right? And this is either. So I do want to call out the partners. Don't be their mother. Be their lover and their partner. And if there are behaviors that you're seeing patterning, do not enable them. Because I did it for a decade. Mm-hmm. And that's on me. Yeah. And also, like, no pressure. There's a lot of pressure. There should be pressure. You have your lives intertwined yes. with each other. And then if you have a child together, mm-hmm. I'm stepdaddy. Yeah. You know, baby's got a really good support system, but right. like we we've built a life together over a half decade. So there is yes. pressure. And the way I've alleviated pressure, I got to help. Yeah. Yes, it's been normalized uh from a young age for me. Yeah. I didn't have to battle that. I don't want to use a war analogy. I didn't have to come up against that resistance. Um, <clears throat> excuse me. I was raised by my mom, and I was in therapy since I was a little, little boy. Mm. But, I mean, fuck, reframe it then. 
Okay. Yeah. Reframe it to coaching or mentorship. Yeah. Find what, you know, again, golf is the perfect analogy for you. Mario Kart works. Um, Whatever. Yeah. mm -hmm. Everybody's got their thing. They do. But it's like, if you're a guy, it's, it's coaching and mentorship because you've, you've had those, hopefully you've had those men or women or whatever Mm -hmm. in uh, your life that, um, uh, that you've looked up to in the past because they've been, fuck, they've been patient with you. Mm. I bet everybody like who says, I'd like to thank this person, this person, this person. I bet those people, mm-hmm. at least one of them has been patient. Okay. That reminds me that I do this nurturing adult exercise with my clients mm-hmm. because sometimes they haven't had that person in their life. And oh, it's yeah. one of the resistances to get help. Fuck yeah, that okay. Every adult that they can kind of remember, maybe even if they were successful in, say, gymnastics, you know this very well, right? Yelled at them. Yeah, a bunch of motherfuckers. Yeah. To get the outcome. Mm-hmm. And so, y'all, if that is you, I see you, I love you. There are incredible nurturing adult exercises to do so that before you can even step into therapy, you can imagine what it would be like to get loving feedback. Patient feedback, loving criticism, loving recommendations for how your life can be more expansion, expansive. I, I, see, I work with the people who have had no, no loving, nurturing adults in their life. And it is really hard to imagine going and sitting in an office like mine where I'm not going to yell at them. Years ago, do you remember? I had a couple come in and he ended up yelling at me. And leaving. Yeah. Right? And I think that is literally because his body had never been exposed to someone who was sharing feedback in a loving way. And so he was just projecting that I that I was really this accusatory person. I think he had a big issue with women, too. Yeah. Yeah. Huge. I screen clients differently now. Yeah. Um, I, I... I see you, and I will say also, it's not, it's not your therapist's or coach's or uh, mentor's job to, like, prove to you that they're a patient-loving person. Yes, trust is earned through trustworthy behavior, but also work on that. If the only narrative one has in their head is of a yelling alcoholic parent, mm-hmm. again, podcasts, start to do some work, start to really shape up in your head a nurturing adult. That's interesting, introducing different narratives in your head, especially the ones that are uncomfortable. And then you could just start in your imagination. Yeah. When I left Christianity, I had to, I I had lost all the mentors in my life and I was starting to receive feedback and criticism in the workplace as all like, you've done bad, right? There's good and there's evil. You are evil. And my precious COO was like, I got it. You got to fix this in your head because you're going to be stuck at a certain level if you cannot understand that the feedback that is coming to you is in love. And it was the first moment where I went, oh, okay. Then I stumbled into this workbook and then I worked through this whole nurturing adult and the exercise was to imagine five people in male bodies in movies and female bodies and then real ones. And in real life and then females in real life and kind of merge them into one singular voice that you'd love to have in your head that when something hard happens, they say, great job. Mm. Yeah. And it it literally works. Um, Yeah. Okay. So, well, 
I don't want to go to therapy because what even what even is it going to do for me? Help? Oh, this is tight. Do you want to be a guy? And I'm, I'll, I'm a guy. I'll be a guy as well. <laughs> I'm a dude. This will be fun. Okay. I, I mean, okay, fine. Great tits, buddy. That's inappropriate. I'm sorry. Cut that out. <laughs> go ahead. Um, I don't want to go to therapy. Like, what's it even going to do? It may help. Okay. You like, may, I mean, it may accidentally help. Mm-hmm. Like how, what am I going to do? Like be crying in my car on the way home from work? Yeah. I mean, possibly. How's that going to help me? Then I'm just going to be a mess. Shit, man. Crying's, I feel like I've cried more. I'm 39 now. I'm almost a man. I'm almost 40. And I feel like I've cried more now than I ever have. Um, and it's a good thing. It's like an emotional release. Mm. Yeah, I feel more patient and kind of better for it where like that emotion's moving through my body better. Well, then how's my chick, how's my wife ever going to even be turned on to me if I'm just a crying mess all the time? Well, I mean, you're not going to be, I don't think you're going to be a crying mess all the time. And if you are, that's that's an issue for another, I mean, that's a, that's telling. That's what I'm trying to say. Um, That's not really how it works, though. Are you a crying mess in general? No, I haven't cried since I was two. You haven't cried since you were two? No. Men don't cry, man. Fuck. Okay. Um... Well, men cry. Hmm. It's weird where it's like it's acceptable in like war or after you win like a World Series, but it's not acceptable anywhere else. I don't fucking get it. But yeah, I'll cry. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. If like that much emotion comes over me, it'll come out like a little bit. Of like, and then it kind of goes away. It feels really nice. Hmm. It doesn't take over my day, though. It's a good thing. It's a net positive for me. How does it not feel like your therapist shrink? Is like bossing you around. Like, how, why do they get to tell you what to do? Oh, okay. So if they're bossing you around, it's probably not the person for you. This is very important where you need to trust and respect your person. So if you don't have like a level of trust and respect, no big deal. You just need to find somebody else. That's one of the things where my person, I trust them. Hmm. Like they don't have to be the best in the world. They don't have to be the fucking worst in the world. But trust and respect in some aha moments, if you're not getting those, you need to you need to find somebody else. Hmm. Do you like, did your wife like ask you to tell her everything about like what's in your session or like, I mean, like, uh, do I have to like go through it and then tell her everything? And then like, is it going to be like, I'm uh, like under interrogation? Oh, fuck. That's a good question. So there needs to be a big boundary in this because if you're going out and getting help, that's like your time to share things with your Hmm. with your person there's actually what is it hipaa hippocratic or is that the doctor one so there your therapist is legally obligated to keep to themselves Hmm. so setting up a boundary with your lady of like hey i'd love to share with you kind of what i want to share with you or it's like i need to process this out more either with my person or with myself and i'd love to share it down the road but certain things no Hmm. certain things are not their not their business if you don't want them to be their business. Sometimes with my wife, I'll be excited hmm. to share certain things. And then other things I'll be hesitant to share. And also, uh, we, we have an agreement. My wife says you can share or not share whatever you want. Hmm. So that was set up uh, before I even started. Are you, like, exhausted in, in these things? Like, it feels exhausting. Uh. 
Yeah, interesting. Um, I would say you get out of it what you put into it. Hmm. Most of the time, I will feel relief. Hmm. But I will go slow within my session. Hmm. I'm not in a rush to fucking solve things. And it doesn't have to be solved in that session. Like, I go into, Jesus, I go into shame. So last time I met with my person, we talked about it just kind of naturally, organically went on to uh, one thing that I've been shameful of in my past. So my homework was, what are you shameful of? Like, give me your top ones. Right. And it's also like inside, because there's plenty of things that like I've done. They gave the analogy where it was like, I've done this. And if I explain that to people, people would put shame on me, but I don't feel it myself. And mm. it's like, oh, interesting. Yeah. I it's got like, what, what do I feel mm -hmm. that's shameful inside of me? So that's what we're talking about. And I'm I'm not looking forward to it, but I'm not dreading it. Does that make sense? Yeah, it's like going to the gym. Sure. Yeah. Like Yeah, sometimes you don't yeah. want to fucking be there. Yeah. But then you, you get it done and then you feel even better afterward. And also I want to bring this stuff to light. And I don't want to um I don't want to run from it. So I'm not gonna cancel, I'm just gonna show up. Do like other dudes like make fun of you? No, it's it's generally celebrated in my circle, right? No, I don't. I, there's no stigma of me sharing that. Hmm. Thanks. What other questions do you have for me, Dan? Hmm. Yeah, I. Yeah, it doesn't sound that bad. I don't know where would you start. I I don't I don't have a fucking idea. Oh fuck, that's a good question. Um, shit. You gonna check your insurance stuffs? Okay. Uh, it's like, where do I start? You can probably Google where do I start. I got my recommendation uh, from my wife. She's a she's a sex witch. So mm. yeah, yeah. I don't fucking know. I, you Google it. Check your insurance. Mm. And then generally, there's like fifteen minute consults. Mm. I think people nowadays, after 15-minute consults, where you get on Zoom one-to-one, -one, or you can go, like, actually see somebody in person. I just do Zoom. So it's that much more convenient, where if I'm in a fucking parking lot before I have to go into wherever, I'll hop on a Zoom. It doesn't feel weird that you're not, like, in a shrink's office on a couch? Not anymore, man. Hmm. Ever since the vid? Nah, it's pretty standard now. You just do shit online. Yeah, it actually feels kind of nice, because I wouldn't have to, like, walk into a therapist's office and, it's like... One, it's one less thing you got to do. You don't have to wear pants. Mm -hmm. I mean, I'm not saying, like, dick out. Mm -hmm. I like my dick, though. It's good. And, and scene. 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 That's good, babe. Thanks. Well done, baby. Apologies to all the dance in the audience. Yeah, uh, let me piggyback on what Trey was saying on Dan's question of where to go. You know, there's a lot of resources right now. Psychology Today is a great place to start, and you can put in the type of therapist you're really looking for. Um, yes, but Google is a friend. Um, many of us who run businesses, we work on the SEO on the back end of what comes up and like what search engines we want to appear on, right? So as a sex educator, that's one of the things I work hard on. I make sure builds into the back end are the primary difficulties that I help individuals overcome. But Psychology Today is a really great resource. Um, all of my favorite therapists and areas are on there. There are things like BetterHelp, which is kind of a 
worldwide type of thing. What are your thoughts on BetterHelp? Eh? You know, I, I prefer something more personal, but here's my thoughts on anything. You know how you've used so many resources to help you with golf? And mm-hmm. there are resources you used in the beginning that you've, you've moved on from? Yeah. They're starting resources. Cool. Okay. So if it, if it puts you on the right track, amazing. The best way, though, y'all, is to ask people. People, if they have a good therapist, mentor, coach, they want to talk about it. And yeah, sure, you're exposing that you're getting help. That is like one of the most beautiful things in the world. And most likely you will find like really good friends and friendships through it too. I really think, yeah, there are, I'm trying to think of people I like collaborate with. Um, your primary care physician might know good people. Like, so if you have a good doctor or a good physical therapist, I'm telling you. That oh, you get a reco. Get a rec. Cool, cool. Yeah. Friends will have recs, but recs are the best way to go. That is how Trey is with his person. Did I go to an incredible Institute for Sexuality, Education, and Enlightenment? Yes, I did. And did I meet incredible therapists through it? Yes. So, like, I have a little backdoor. But because of COVID, so when COVID happened, people could see people all over the country. All of a sudden, it was really beautiful. But then they changed the restrictions, and now it's by state. But people are being able to be certified in different states. So, for instance, one of my therapists that's here in Virginia is also certified in Missouri, Tennessee, and, like, Florida. Okay, so she could see clients in that way. Um, if, if if you want traditional therapy, if you want coaching, which is kind of similar to what I do, you can really work with someone around the world. I mean, I have clients in many other countries, and it's really cool. But yeah, Rex, ask people you know. Ask people who are thriving. Hey, have you ever done any type of like therapy or stuff? They're most likely going to say, oh, yeah. Hmm. And st- start there. Instagram, I swear, Instagram's a great place to find people because you can also watch their content. You can watch their reels. Um, but yeah, Psychology Today is like a great, legit resource. Sick. Truly. Anything else, babe? No, thanks for like playing the scene with me. That was great. We got to do more of that. We got to get you a mustache next time you're Dan. Okay. Dan will come back. Just a couple of guys talking, just guys being guys. Mm-hmm. Yeah, thanks for talking about this. I think this is a really important thing to talk about. And I think... You know, I know we talk about sex a lot on here. I sure as hell think it improves our sex life, too. Yeah. Yeah. yeah being more open, cleaning out the closet of uh, my mental bullshit. Or not even that. my The things that yeah. in my past that mm-hmm. uh, have defined me. Well, I even remember the one episode where we were talking about things that turn us off and on. And I was saying, I think the only thing that turns me off is when you are critical towards me. Mm-hmm. Because then I start being like, I don't want to mush my body with this person. Like I start to feel really scared. And so uh, it's not, again, you and I both said this a million times, please don't get help to lure or to bribe your partner to be whatever. Um, And I will say that I am much more interested in you, my love, as a sexual partner as you are doing this work you turn me on instead of, yeah, continuing to exist in patterns that harm me, frustrate me, things like that. And also right back at you where like you're doing the work to correct these patterns that you got fucking hit with it as a kid. And you're a more receptive person because you're uh, unlocking that you don't have to go down that path. Say if I am critical. Mm Mm-hmm. Where I'm not afraid to criticize you, but it's not even that. Where it's like, 
It's like, hey, honey, I'm noticing this. Mm-hmm. I just, I've got a really good verbal toolbox. Mm-hmm. Tone and pace help too. They do. And um, yeah, so you've yeah, done so great well. I mean, since that moment on the couch. Thank you. Yeah. I also think that this ouch thing has helped us so well. And that's the other great thing that I guess we haven't really mentioned that much and then we can close out is that therapy is the bomb diggity for providing tools, Mm -hmm. like really practical tools. So we do the ouches now. We do resiliency check-ins. We do soft words. We do all of these things which have been given to us Mm -hmm. through outside sources. And then also sometimes we fuck up and don't use any of these tools. It is very true. Okay. Uh, Trey is signaling. I'm I must voice. be done. Silencing. I have to go see clients. He knows this. Um, thanks for coming to this episode of the Partnership Podcast. If you're still here, um, thanks for being here to the end. Reminder that these are opinions and our opinions. Please form your own. You have a right to self-determination and informed decision-making. Um, if you want some recs, you are welcome to reach out. I would be happy to start you in a couple directions. Um, also, of course, I'm happy to work with you. And if you are interested in working with a certified holistic sexuality educator like myself, um, you can go to sexedforyou.com forward slash free consult um, and request a consult. Make sure that you say exactly what it is that you'd like to be working on. And yeah, be sure to follow us on YouTube, Spotify, Apple, wherever you listen and watch your podcasts. And have a great day. Bye, y'all.